0: information, connect with a wealth advisor today at corient.com. That's c o r i e n t.com Corient.com The following is a hoop bowl presentation.
1: Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to a special lightning round edition of Today in Sports Betting. We'll be hitting on the short four-game NBA card, and I'm your fill-in host today, Dan Bespris. Hopefully you guys have uh, heard me on my fantasy show, but if not, also love me some NBA betting. So welcome to the program, everybody. If you'd like to follow me on Twitter, you can find me over at Dan Bespris. D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. had some technical difficulties, so happy to jump in here at the last minute. Luckily, games don't start until 4.30 Pacific time today, so we'll have time to squeeze this thing in, likely just before we get these games underway. Bucks are at Hawks. So let's jump right on in. Of course, this podcast is brought to you by our buddies over at mybookie.ag. Open up an account with promo code HoopBall on the third page of sign up at mybookie.ag. Unlock a bunch of sweet deposit bonus match things you can get over there. Again, that's mybookie.ag. And promo code is the word HOOPBALL, all one word. Bucks four and a half point road favorites in Atlanta. Total of two hundred and thirty four and a half. We've heard Giannis Antetokounmpo and Trey Young are both in on this ball game, which was sort of the thought when the line was hovering in the uh, Bucks by four department. That to me meant that Young was almost definitely playing, and then we heard Giannis was in, and it bumped back up near five. It's been sort of slowly coming back down currently sitting at that four and a half mark this is an interesting one because there are a few different schools of thought both teams getting a superstar back that's normally a spot where i would look to fade both teams reincorporating someone that's been out for a while certainly on the atlanta side trey has only missed a couple of ball games this has been a bit of a shorter term absence for the bucks milwaukee uh on the milwaukee side Giannis has been out for uh about week and a half two weeks now remember he Initially sat out that game on their road trip in Sacramento. At the time, it was listed as rest, and then he just kept missing ball games and we realized, "Oh, this is actually a thing." So, the question certainly here is where does the motivation creep in on this ball game? Hawks have been playing well. Defensively, they've been better. This is not a good matchup for Atlanta. The Bucks have Drew Holiday, who they can use on Trey Young. Atlanta's going to have to get pretty creative in this ball game to kind of figure out a way around some of the defensive pressures that Milwaukee can put on them. And sort of in that vein, Atlanta did lose in Milwaukee by 14 points back in late January of this year, despite actually having a pretty good offensive performance. So the question then pivots to what about defensively? We've seen the Hawks have done a lot, uh, a much better job of keeping teams out of the paint lately, but Giannis is sort of a unique beast in that regard. And you're probably going to see someone like a Solomon Hill matched up to try to apply a little bit of pressure there. And so I, you know, I, I, I I've been underestimating the Hawks a tiny bit lately. They've been finding ways to win ball games with or without Trey Young. Uh, after they lost a few games towards the end of that long road trip, remember they went one and four after their eight-game winning streak was snapped. Well, they've bounced back now, and they've won seven out of eight since then, with their only loss. Uh, a weird one to Memphis that just kind of came out of nowhere. Since then, they've beat Chicago, Charlotte, and Toronto, and they've done you know last couple without Trey Young, so they get him back for this ball game. It's a, a prime time game. This is one that everybody gets to watch. Bucks Hawks on TNT. Uh, Lakers Celtics is the the nightcap on that one. So I think with the with the bright lights showing, you're going to see a pretty good ball game, and then you know. It, do, do the bright lights wake up Milwaukee? Because if it does, they should throttle them. Uh, you know it's going to wake up Atlanta, so I think this one we can talk about all the personnel stuff going on and how the two teams are playing. Milwaukee actually playing relatively well uh, without Giannis as well, and, and you know they've shown that they can win some ball games without Andre Degumpo. It hasn't been pretty, but they've beaten Orlando and Minnesota the last two. I think I would actually lean to the Hawks side. You know, I know Giannis makes this team so much better. But there is that reintegration stuff that goes on when a a player goes down and then comes back. Uh, And, you know, I think the bright lights are going to be good for both teams, but I think it's going to be a bigger thing for Atlanta right now. So I lean to the Hawks side and uh, I lean to the over. I think the teams both want to get up and down a little bit. I don't think you're going to see the grinding pace until later in the ballgame. Warriors, six-point road favorites in Cleveland, line that opened at seven and a half, total up from two twenty-four and a half to two twenty-six. As this one uh piddles along, we haven't heard anything about Cavs resting on the second half of their back-to-back. That was something that I was wondering about earlier on today. And, and this may be part of why the line is has trickled a little bit in the Cleveland direction and the over direction. Colin Sexton, who's been out for a couple of ball games, he's back in for the Cavaliers. That gives them a fighting shot in this ballgame. Warriors, uh, honestly, they're better without James Wiseman because it moves Draymond Green over to the center spot. Their schedule hasn't been particularly tough lately. They beat Houston. They got a nice win over Denver, and then they went into Oklahoma City last night and just throttled a tanking Thunder team. But I just like the way the Warriors play when Draymond is their center. They have Boston coming up. Uh, on Saturday, and then Philadelphia two days after that. So, you know, scheduling-wise, if you thought there may be a look-ahead element going on, that would lean you a bit in the Cavaliers' direction. Cleveland got Larry Nance and Jared Allen back in yesterday's ballgame, and they beat up on a Charlotte team that right now is a bit overrated because they were able to win a few games after their stars went down, but reality kind of catching up with the Hornets here. They Their losses to Atlanta
0: Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel any
1: time. DLM's Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Their homestand, I think, you know, it, it it's telling a different story now with the Hornets. The, the injuries have caught up to them, and so that win yesterday for Cleveland, I don't think is actually all that impressive, which, you know, I not that anybody's saying beating the, the Hornets is an impressive win, but for the Cavaliers, you look at kind of what they've been running into lately, they haven't been that good. It almost feels like their win over Charlotte yesterday. Everybody's like, oh, they've, they've, they got their guys back and the whole thing is figured out. Cleveland's still terrible. They lost to Toronto by 20. They lost to the Pels. They beat this vastly undermanned Hornets team. And even if you go farther back than that, they beat a Spurs team that was in a deep funk. The, The tanking Thunder lost to the Heat. It's just an array of losses there. So I don't, I'm seeing a lot of really smart people I know that are actually pretty heavy on the Cleveland side and really like the Cavs a lot. I'm I'm not sure that I'm fully on board with that. I think this is one of those freight train scenarios where the very public warriors are figuring something out. I don't think they're in look-ahead mode because the standings really won't allow them to be. And, you know, with Steph coming off that gigantic game yesterday, there's, there's this lingering thought of maybe he sort of dials it back a little bit in this one, and the six points is a pretty big number for a not very good team to try to cover on a back-to-back on the road. But both teams are on that back-to-back. So you're going to get a little bit of that from all all parties. Nance is not going to have much in the tank for this game. I don't think that Jared Allen's going to have that much in the tank for this game. Uh, so I actually lean to the Warriors side, believe it or not. I've slightly leaned to the, uh, the public road favorite. And a rare twist for me on game two on the docket. Third game on the slate is Kings and Suns. Suns favored by 12 and a half. Kings in a really bad scheduling spot. They're on the back-to-back after playing a home game with Washington last night. They are without Rashawn Holmes for we don't know exactly how long, but that's actually a really big difference maker for the Kings personnel-wise that doesn't get factored into the line all that much. You know, if you saw a guy like Adiran Fox ruled out of this game, the line would probably move two points. Rashawn Holmes, I don't know if it even budges the line by a half point, even though he's probably worth three or four for the Kings, because their other centers on that team are a tr- truly atrocious, Hassan Whiteside, Damian Jones, those guys are not going to be able to hold their own defensively or offensively, and the Suns are just going to eat them alive. Um, I would have gotten in on Phoenix if this line was more tenable, but at twelve and a half, that's a pass. That's a pass. I do think there's a real chance that the Kings have hit a a point of anger, and I don't know if that leads to complete and utter collapse or if they're going to come out and throw their best punch and just see what happens. So I, uh, this is one that I think you've got to leave alone. That's a huge number in a bad scheduling spot for a team that's kind of backed into a corner right now. You know, On the Phoenix side, they've just been beating the hell out of teams lately. They kind of let up on the gas a little against Houston, but for the most part, they're just beating everybody. That's where Phoenix is at these days. So I, I don't know that you can pull a ton from it. They don't have big games coming up on the schedule or anything like that. So you couldn't really consider this a look ahead. I don't know that Chris Paul lets his team get into that mode, but this is is a scary spot if you're the Suns and you're laying that huge of a number when you've got this team coming in that's just emotionally in a weird spot. So pass. I don't think I want anything to do with that. The fact that the total is actually hurriedly rising throughout the day makes me think that, Either the Suns are going to put up 235 or 135 themselves, or the Kings are actually going to score a bunch. And if the, and if the Kings are actually going to score a bunch, then beating them by 13 is going to be tough. Pass. Oh, by the way, uh, looking at the totals in those other games, uh, I mentioned I, I think I leaned to the over in the uh, Bucks hawks game. Not by much. Warriors-Cavs at 226. I think I would lean actually slightly to the under, although Golden State does play faster with no, drain, uh, no, uh, no real center. I know Kevon Looney will play 20 minutes, but whatever. Who cares? Celtics, six-point road favorites in L.A. Lakers back home off a really long road trip. Celtics lost Robert Williams for this ballgame. He was a late scratch, and I think that's actually probably a bigger deal than is being made because they have really now just one center left. That's Tristan Thompson. If he gets into any sort of foul issues, or even if he doesn't, he just doesn't have the athleticism that Robert Williams had. And so then Boston now... Midway through this road trip, they're going to be tested a bit in the front court by a Lakers team that plays good defense. So Boston's going to have to do it with their perimeter guys because they ain't getting a bunch of lobs to Tristan Thompson. And then Andre Drummond is a Laker. I don't really like the side all that much. I had a pretty good lean to Boston at four and a half, the opening number at six. I you No, that's that's too much. You've, you've blasted right through the value on that one total of 212 I would lean to the under I don't see how the Lakers win a shootout with Boston so they're gonna really try to grind this thing to a halt you're gonna see half court sets a lot of them you're gonna see Lakers doing a lot of smart things on defense the way they generally do Uh, and maybe I think the under in this game is probably the play I like the most on the card tonight uh, of any side or any total because uh, Lakers back home off that long road trip so they're gonna be sluggish too some smart people, actually, I've seen on the under also, which I don't know if that makes me feel good that we're all seeing it the same way or terrible that no one's telling me we're wrong. Tough four-game card. Hopefully that, bro- that uh, lightning round breakdown was helpful. We're just going to make this a 15-minute pod today. Uh, the guys will be back, Devin, Vince, and the crew. They'll be back with tomorrow's show, get you some NBA, some baseball, and get you set up for a weekend here of sports betting action. Good luck tonight. Win some money. This is Today in Sports Betting, a HoopBall presentation. I am your guest host, Dan Bespris. So long.
0: This has been a HoopBall presentation.